Amen. Amen. Good morning, Northlands Church. How are we doing this morning? Uh, before I came up, the first thing that came to my mind was don't trip going up the stairs. We don't want that to be what people take away from today's message. Uh, this chubby guy walking up the stairs and stumbling. Uh, but uh, it is uh, such an honor and such a pleasure to be here before you today. Uh, I'm, I have to be honest with you, I've, I've been praying all week and meditating, and uh, I've been a little bit nervous um, about today. Uh, there's just a, an excitement about what God is doing in our communities, um, and as, you know, because I preach every Sunday in front of tens of people, uh, and uh, today is a slightly bigger crowd, but... Uh, uh, I, I would love to greet you in Spanish this morning, and then I'll translate for myself just so you can hear the language we're going to be speaking in heaven. Uh, amen? Uh, so, eh, estamos eh, emocionados de estar aquí este día. We're so excited to be here today. Uh, nuestra congregación está bien agradecida de la comunidad y la familia de Northlands. Our, our church is, uh, our congregation is just so grateful uh, for the community and family of Northlands. Uh, ustedes verdaderamente uh, han modelado lo que es ser el amor de la iglesia local. You have truly modeled what it is to love a local church. Uh, in 2018, Pastor Tyler and I sat together at some event, uh, some community event, and obviously we, we, co uh, we connected really quickly over the th theology of sneakers, <laughs> right? Uh, so it, it was just a connection. Uh, we started talking, uh, and, 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 and we just felt like there was something there. Uh, pray for Tyler so his sneaker collection can grow. Uh, <laughs> And then after the meeting was over, uh, I said, hey, do you want to grab some coffee? So we went to, uh, uh, to Old Norcross, and, and, and we just started uh, chatting, and we developed this friendship, and, and then we just started kind of dreaming together. Uh, we used to meet at a high school. We used to set up and tear down. Uh, our church has been a bit nomadic. Uh, we've moved about six times in the last nine years. Uh, it has been a long, hard road, uh, but let me tell you, since we got here in late 2020, uh, many of us felt like we were home. Uh, so we have been just so delighted and, and, and just so full of joy uh, uh, to be in the house, to, to be able to gather here. Uh, and, and I just want to thank all of you because you guys have really accepted us. You have loved on us. Uh, we have been serving alongside you, uh, and we know that it's one kingdom. Uh, uh, the only thing, we, we speak a, you know, a different language, but we have the same DNA, which is the most important thing. Uh, amen. And I'm just so thankful for Pastor Greg and Michelle and, and the leadership um, for uh, uh, resourcing us, for training us. You know, we have learned so much in, in the last year and a half that we have been here. Um, and, and I just, uh, I'm just uh, happy for new beginnings. Today is a historic day. Today is the beginning uh, of, of a harvest that will come into this house. Uh, we're we're going to reach souls, not just English-speaking souls, but also Spanish-speaking souls and, and Asians and, and everybody. This, this, is, this is a kingdom move. Uh, and I'm just so glad and I'm so humbled to be a part of it. 
Um, I want to recognize, obviously, my wife and my, my daughters. Uh, we have been on this long journey for a little over nine years where uh, we, uh, we've had moments of struggle. We have had moments of doubt. Uh, but let me tell you, even in those moments, we saw the hand of God moving. Uh, and since we have been in this building gathering here, uh, you guys have resourced us. You have loved us. You have accepted us. Um, I've gotten to meet uh, so many great people here. I don't want to start naming names because then I'll get in trouble uh, if I forget somebody. Uh, but it's been, it's been really great. Um, so thank you all. Can you just, I want to thank you guys. I'm thankful that our, our community uh, is here today. Uh, so if you're part of our community, can you just raise your hand really quickly so they can see you? Amen. Um, before I get into the message uh, today, I have, I have a message titled, An Invitation for More. Um, you know, uh, sometimes I think uh, we get in trouble when we begin to settle. How many of you have been there before? Uh, we begin to settle and, and, and we forget the promises of God uh, because sometimes the journey is long, it's arduous, right? Uh, we go through trials and tribulations, we go through attacks and so many things. And I think sometimes uh, we forget the promises that God has made. Now, the last time I read my Bible, my God doesn't lie. Yeah. And when he promises something, he will come through, but it's at his time. Amen. So uh, I just want to share really briefly with you, uh, because you know, the enemy will come and speak in your ear. The enemy will come because he also has topics of conversation. And I remember early 2021, uh, it was a Sunday morning. I came to, to the Northland service. Uh, and you, how many of you ever come on a Sunday where you just got nothing? Raise your hand. Who, 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 who can relate? right? You're not feeling spiritual at all. You're all out of faith, right? And I remember I was sitting in the back corner and it was one of those Sundays where I was really tired physically because I think sometimes when we weary physically, it also affects us emotionally and spiritually. And I remember sitting back then and the enemy came and spoke in my ear and listen to what he said. Because, you know, I admire the communicators in this house. How many of you admire the communicators in this house? And I remember I was back there and the enemy came and spoke in my ear and he said, you will never be good enough to be up on that platform. And you know, um, sometimes, not that we believe the words of the enemy, but we are guilty of entertaining the thoughts that come into our mind. And I began to entertain this that week and, and, and I just kept praying and I said, Lord, it, it's not about me being up there. It's about you calling me. It, it's about you giving me a purpose and a destiny. And I know that I've been called to preach your word. And I remember I just kept fighting to, through that and I kept battling. So if you're here today and the enemy has spoken to you, I tell you to just to keep battling, just to keep fighting because it's God's word that we should stand on. So as I kept fighting through that, a couple of months later, I got a call from Pastor Tyler. He's like, hey, um, I had an idea. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I said, absolutely, I would love to. Um, and I said, uh, can I do it in Spanish? And he, they said no. Uh, so so I, began, I, began, I joined a host team this year, and it's been an amazing experience. I think it's gotten me ready for this moment right here. 
Um, and then a few months ago, we were meeting and kind of going over the preaching calendar. Uh, and Pastor Greg goes, uh, I want you to preach. And at that moment, I, I heard the Lord speak in my ear and said, don't you ever listen to what the enemy is telling you. Amen. Yes. So today I want to speak to you about an invitation for more. Uh, one of the core values here at Northlands is that God wants to do infinitely more. How many of you can say amen? Uh, I also want to warn you this morning, I, I, I am very passionate about the Word of God. I am very intense. So if my, my voice, you know, kind of goes up, I promise you I'm not yelling at you. Uh, well, well, maybe, maybe. I might. But, but that'll be the spirit yelling at you, not me. So... Uh, so I'm very passionate about the Word of God. Uh, uh, I'm very intense. So, so if you're not used to that this morning, uh, you know, just, just hold on to your seat, okay? Um, so an invitation for more. Uh, and, I, and I think today is a celebration of, of two communities coming together. Uh, and, and I think that there's something special about community. There's something powerful about community. And as we look in Acts chapter 2, right, the early church, we see that this community was just exploding. This community. And what was so special about this community? First, they had the Holy Spirit. Number two, they would serve together. They would fulfill each other's needs. They would pray together in the homes. And we look at that early church, how it just started to grow. It just started to explode. Uh, the Bible also tells us that there were miracles, signs, and wonders that followed them. And I believe that we're stepping into a season where there's going to be miracles, signs, and wonders coming from this house. And I believe that the city of Norcross is going to hear what the Lord is doing at Northland's church. And I believe that we're going to see the lame get up. We're going to see the deaf hear. We're going to see the mute speak. And we're just going to see miracles upon miracles. And he is preparing us for that great harvest. And I'm so thankful that we, as Northland's Espanol, Get to be a part of that. Yeah. Amen, amen, amen. I'm just, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. So they loved coming together. They prayed together. They served one another. They, lo they loved to break bread together. How many of you love to break bread? I have a double anointing in breaking bread, as you can see. And they just came together and, and they were just full of joy and peace because they knew that they were part of something great. And I think today is a day that we are all going to remember. How many can say amen? Um, you know, recently my, my family and I uh, uh, traveled to Honduras, which is the country of my birth. Uh, amen? Yeah. Any, any Hondurans out there besides my family? Okay. <laughs> Um, so we, we were out there for a, a little over three weeks, and uh, we had an, a, an amazing time. We reconnected with family, and uh, we went to the beach. That's why I look a little browner than usual. Uh, my tan is still there. Uh, but the highlight of our vacation was celebrating my mother-in-law's 80th birthday. And I think probably some of you so, saw some pictures uh, and, and no, I'm not wearing the same outfit I wore in those pictures. The, this shirt is a little bit different. <laughs> um, but the beauty of this, of, of this celebration was that family members got together. Uh, I know my wife saw some of her family members that she hadn't seen in years. 
Um, and, and, and as I was thinking about that and I was putting this, this message together, uh, the Lord just put a highlight on the slideshow that my sister-in-law shared that day. And as we started to watch this slideshow, we saw pictures of my mother-in-law when she was a little girl. We saw pictures of, uh, of when she was young. Uh, we saw pictures of when all her children were small and, and little. And, and it was just so awesome to relive some of those pictures. Uh, now, I was watching out to make sure there wasn't a picture of my wife when she was young with a different boyfriend. Uh, uh, so, so thank the Lord, you know, there was none of those pictures. So there was nothing awkward about that. Uh, but it was awesome to remember some of those times. And, and, and I think it's, it's important for us to remember what God has done. How many of you can say amen? And I'm going to ask you to participate with me because I'm a little insecure. So if you could say amen or preach it or you're so handsome, anything like that, uh, you know, we, we, I'll receive it. So, 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 so as we're watching this slideshow, um, I was observing the family watch this slideshow. And, and I saw some people get teary-eyed and, and because they were remembering her youth, they were remembering her life, and we were actually viewing her legacy in a slideshow, which was so cool. Um, but I think, you know, in, in, in our culture today, you know, with the internet and social media and 24-hour news cycle and sound bites coming us at all day, I truly believe that we have lost the power to remember. I think we've lost the power to remember. I think that sometimes we lose the awe of who God is. When I read the scripture, the Bible says that he is dressed in majesty. When I read the scripture, the Bible says that he names the stars and he numbers them by name. He knows every hair on my beard. Right? Even the ones up here, but you know, there's more down here. But this is the God that we serve, and I think it's important for us to remember that everything God has done up until this point. And I think that we have lost a little bit of the power to remember. And that's why it's so important here at Northlands that we share testimonies. Testimony means, do it again, Lord. And our God is so creative that he does it differently every single time. He does it powerfully every single time. But I think sometimes we forget to remember everything he has done up until this point. How many of us look back at our life and say, oh, I don't know how I made it through that season. I don't know how I made it through that illness. I don't know how I made it through that divorce. But we know that it is God through his grace that has carried us and has brought us to this point. How many of you can say amen? Amen. It's important that we have the power to remember. Listen listen to the great theologian Bob Dylan. He said, take care of all your memories, for you cannot relive them. Take care of all your memories, for you cannot relive them. Our memories as followers of Jesus become stories that keep the story of God alive. They are stories of how God came through at the perfect moment when God came through, when I had no more strength left, when I couldn't go on anymore. That's when the grace of God carried me to that next season. 
And there's something powerful about remembering. But I think we, we, in our everyday life, in our busyness, we forget to remember what God has done. And as, a, as we look at the Jewish people in the Old Testament, they knew the power of remembering. And they were very specific. They were very intentional about remembering the stories of God. They were, they were very intentional in passing those stories from generation to generation. And I think that's something that's been lost in our culture. How many of you would love to have lunch with a, a, a loved one that you've lost? Man, I, I would do anything for just a moment, right, to hang out with my aunt who passed away or, 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 or my grandfathers who passed away. And, and as we look at the Jewish people, they knew the power on the, of remembering. They understand and understood the value of keeping stories alive and passing them down to the next generation. They had a way to fight forgetfulness. You and I have to develop strategies to fight forgetfulness because it's so easy to forget what God has done up until this point because he hasn't done the next thing. I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of that sometimes. And the Lord has to hit rewind and say, remember what I did for you two years ago? Remember when I provided for you five years ago? Don't you forget what I've done for you and that should remind you what I will do for you. Amen. So what did the Jewish people do? They annually, they celebrated seven feasts or festivals or holidays, uh, whatever we want to call them. Uh, today, we have holidays every other month, right? And, and, and I love to, to celebrate. I love to come together, right? How many of you are, are planning to barbecue today? Let's see. Raise, raise your hands up high. All right, it looks like I have a couple of choices to go to after church today. I think I'm going to go to, to Vern's house. <laughs> so they celebrated seven feasts annually. The first four were in the springtime and the last three were celebrated in the fall. I'm not going to list them all for you, but I just wanted to focus on the last feast, the last great holiday of the Jewish people, and it was called the Feast of Tabernacles. Say it with me. Feast of Tabernacles. It's important that you remember this feast because we're going to fast forward into the New Testament and we're going to talk about what Jesus did during the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, every feast had a theme and this feast, the theme of this feast, this particular feast was rejoice in the Lord. When we remember what God has done, we rejoice in the Lord. It was seven days long, and each day had a ceremony and a celebration. A little recap. Feast of Tabernacles is the last feast of the year. Seven-day celebration and seven-day ceremony. Now, it was the Lord who established these feasts so they could remember all he had delivered them out of Egypt. Do you guys remember the story where Moses miraculously leads the people out of Egypt? The Lord sends the plagues upon Egypt and supernaturally he delivers them. He opens up the Red Sea and the Bible says that they walked on dry land. So this feast was specific to celebrate what the Lord had done through the Exodus and, and what God was doing miraculously with the people. So now there were two purposes for these feasts. 
Number one, it was a communal event. It was a community-driven event that would unite the people in the worship of God. That's what we do here every Sunday. This is a communal event where we gather together, worship God, and tell each other stories of how he came through. We share the stories of God and we keep them alive because we know that our God is alive. Number two, they kept the story of God alive in their hearts and they celebrated the exodus and the miracles. They were intentional about telling these stories. The elders would tell these stories to the young people so that they would not forget who God is. It's important to remember. How many of you can say amen? Now, during this feast, there was a specific ceremony that took place. The high priest, he would go into a pool named Siloam, okay? A high priest would go to the pool called Siloam with a gold pitcher, and he drew water, and he would bring it back to the temple. This was the ceremony and the celebration on the last day of the Feast of the Tabernacles. So as the high priest would bring this back to the temple, the high priest, along with the people, they would march and celebration, and once they reached the temple, he would pour the water on the altar of sacrifice. Now, I know there's a lot of symbolism here. There's a lot of details here that I'm not going to go into because of the sake of time. But just think about, paint this picture. The, the high priest is walking with a golden picture of wa- a pitcher of water. And as, as the children of Israel followed him, there would be musicians playing. They would be dancing. They would be rejoicing. Because remember, the theme of this feast was to rejoice in the Lord. And they would be shouting and screaming and jumping. And the children would be observing because they were celebrating a miracle that God had done in the desert. Yeah. It was very specific. So as we see the people celebrate, they would literally chant Isaiah 12.3. Listen to what Isaiah 12.3 says. It says, therefore, with joy, say with me, joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. That's amazing. And this is the specific scripture that the people would recite while they were walking back to the temple with the high priest. They were celebrating not just the feast, but a specific miracle, a miracle that the Lord did in the desert. Now, what did the Lord do in the desert? That's the next question. Remember, they did all of this so they could remember what God has done. Let's go to Numbers 20:11 quickly. It says, then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod and water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank. All right, so they were in the desert. They were tired. They felt helpless. Some of them have lost hope. And I believe that there's some of us here that may feel that way today. There's some of us in here that are walking right now in the middle of the desert and you feel like God has left you, but I want to remind you that God is with you in the desert, just like he was with the Hebrews, just like he was with the three young Hebrew boys when they threw them into the flames. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us beyond faithful. My God is omnipresent. 
everywhere I go, he's before me. Everywhere I go, if there's a door that's closed, he will open it. Hallelujah. And then it says, then Moses lifted his hand, struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly. And the congregation and their animals drank. The feast was not only, not only celebrated that miraculous deliverance out of Egypt, but it's also celebrated the miracle in the desert, hence the pitcher and the water. Uh, are you with me? I promise you that I'm taking you somewhere. I may start yelling a little bit more as this goes, so just get ready, okay? Now, water came out of a rock. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I believe this is where we enter dangerous territory. Because we want God to do miracles, but we want him to do it the way we want him to. I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of this. I'm like, Lord, this is what I want, and here are 10 steps to get there. How many of you are guilty? Right? But God is so creative, and he's so powerful, that he will never do the same thing twice. That's been my experience. So we see that they're celebrating, right? The water, the people, they were tired, they were thirsty, they were desperate, they were dry, they were scared, but God provided out of nowhere. You know why? Because when God provides out of nowhere, he alone gets the glory. It says that the water came gushing, it exploded, out of the rock and it exploded and fulfilled their need. There's many of us in here today that have specific, deep, emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical needs. And I want to tell you right now that the same God who provided water in the desert is here today and he's ready to fill whatever need you may have. That's good preaching. That's why there's power in remembering. But I'm here to tell you that there's something even more powerful than remembering. Experience is always more powerful than remembering. Nothing beats experience. If you've read the book of Job and you've heard of Job in the Bible, Job was someone who went through incredible hardships. He went through an incredible ordeal. In the beginning of the book, they describe him as being perfect and blameless. He was a man that loved the Lord. This was a man who would burn sacrifices to the Lord. And then he goes through this incredible trial he goes through this incredible trial and, and listen to what he says. The fact that at the beginning of the book, it says that he was perfect and blameless and loved God. That means that he had a deep relationship with him. But when you fast forward, so when the Lord restores him, because he lost everything. In Job 42.5, listen to what he says. He says, Lord, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes see you. How many of you know that there's a difference between hearing and seeing? Yes. See, Job thought he knew God, but now he understands, Lord, I didn't know you at all because now I have been an eyewitness to your power. And that's why the Lord is inviting us to more today because he wants us to be an eyewitness to his power. I don't want God's reputation. 
I want a relationship with him. I want to get to know who he is. I want to know his heart. And I want to express my love through obedience. Thank you, thank you. It's good to remember. But the Holy Spirit of God is here right now. And it's inviting us to experience more. Jesus did not die on the cross for mediocrity. I'm going to say that again because that was good preaching. Jesus did not die on the cross for mediocrity. He's not through with you. He's not through with me. He is just beginning. Today could be a new beginning. Today we can stop looking at the cross religiously and we can start celebrating it relationally. Hallelujah. All right, let's get into the sermon now. That was just the intro. Joking, I'm joking. Tyler just got nervous. (laughs) I want a new experience today. You know what God did yesterday was awesome. And I love it. And I'm going to continuously tell the stories of what he did. But I want more. I want more. You know, um, my wife, uh, she's a beach lover. When we talk about vacation, you know, I was like, hey, why don't we go to like Rome and, and go see the Vatican and the catacombs and the Colosseum, and she's like, no, I want to go to the beach. I'm like, whoa, what about we go to Paris? Nope, I want to go to the beach. She's a beach lover. And this summer, we went to the beach quite a few times. And I remember that I sat near the shore, and, 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 and you know, the water was coming over my feet, and I just kind of felt like God whisper and say, those that want to transform the world will never stay at the shore. You have to go into the depths. You know why? Because it is in the depths that we have to rely wholly on God. Hallelujah. And in in order for us to experience this great God, we're going to have to come and take a closer look. I remember a few months ago, Pastor Greg preached an amazing series called Take a Closer Look. You know why? Because even as followers of Jesus, sometimes we forget to get in closer. Sometimes we, we, we're forgetful. Sometimes we're busy. And all these different things. Because there's so many things fighting for our devotion. And sometimes it's hard. But it's good to remember. But there's nothing more powerful than experience. The, you know, because sometimes we, we get stuck in the past. Right? How many of you are guilty of that? Sometimes I live in the past. Even when, when, when it's a miracle. Right? We're like, oh, remember what God did. And, and, and we keep focusing on what he did. And we forget to see what he's doing. And we forget to remember what he's about to do. Yeah. So it's important for us to focus. It's important for us to be intentional about what God is doing. So I want to remind you that the past, it's a point of reference, not a place of residence. Yeah. There is an invitation for more today. How many of you are ready to accept this invitation for more? Because I guarantee that God has more for you. So we fast forward to the New Testament. Let me me land this plane. We fast forward to the New Testament. Uh, I want to remind you that Jesus was a Jewish man. Therefore, he participated in all the seven feasts. That was his culture. Those were his customs. He established the feasts, so it would be kind of bad if he didn't go, right? So Jesus, right, 
He participated in all these feasts since he was a child. Then, you know, because they were part of the traditions and the teachings and the custom of the Jewish people, and they were celebrated annually. Now look, in John chapter 7, we see Jesus proclaim something profound and something powerful. Listen, look what John 7, 37 and 38. This is, it, it's an invitation for something new and an invitation for more. This is a new invitation coming directly from Jesus. Look what he says. It says, on the last day, that great day of the feast. All right, here's a quiz. What feast are we talking about? That's right, the Feast of the Tabernacles. I love when we see, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Old Testament come alive in the, in the New Testament. And it says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he cried out. Remember, there was a multitude there. There were thousands of people. So Jesus goes up into the high place and he says, look what he says. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. What an invitation this is. This is bold of Jesus, isn't it? On the last day of the great feast, by the way, they're celebrating the miracle in the desert where a rock, God through a rock, has given them water to drink. But what we see here, Jesus is the rock of ages. And he stands specifically, perfectly, and strategically at this time to announce, I have something new. Because there's many of you that are celebrating this traditionally. You're celebrating this religiously. But I have a new water for you to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It's, it's amazing. Jesus is like, I know what they're doing. I established these feasts. And, and I'm glad that they're observing them. But a lot of them are going to go back to their old life. A lot of them are going to go back to their everyday lives unchanged. And I think sometimes we, we, we go to church Sunday, after church Sunday after Sunday and we go home unchanged. And today, that can change. Today, the Holy Spirit is inviting us into a deeper spiritual formation. A, just a deep discipleship. Right? And, and, and on the last day, right, Jesus stands up. And I just want to remind you today that an invitation from Jesus always comes with promise. An invitation from Jesus always comes with a promise. If you go to seven, uh, John 7, 39, it says, but, he, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Jesus was yet, not yet glorified. Not only is he offering them water to drink, that they will never thirst again. There was also another promise of the Holy Spirit of God coming after that. And guess what? Us as followers of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit of God. He speaks to us. He reminds us. He, he, he shows us who Jesus is. And I want to remind you that an invitation from Jesus comes with power. 
In John chapter four, really briefly, Jesus has an encounter with a Samaritan woman. Uh, for those of you that know, that not uh, uh, familiar with this story, the Samaritans and the Jews, there were racial tensions between them. Samaritans were a mixed breed and the Jews didn't consider them to be full Hebrews or full Jews. Uh, so, so they didn't have much interaction. But Jesus, one day he goes to a place called Jacob's well and he encounters this woman and he send the he send the disciples to go get Chick Fil A. Yeah. He's like, guys, get me the grilled nuggets, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Grilled nuggets. Those are good. Um, so he encounters this woman, and and it's incredible because this woman would come to the well between the hours of eleven and one p.m. The Jews would come from nine to eleven, and the Samaritans would come from about three o'clock to five o'clock. The hours between 11 and 1 were called the hours of shame because it would be people with no families, people with bad reputation, and this woman comes and Jesus says, give me water to drink. And then I love the question that he asked her. Jesus said, girl, where your man at? I don't think he said it that way. He said, girlith, where your man is at? And she's like, I don't have a man. And she's like, yeah, you're right. Because the dude you were with this morning is not your man. And we see this incredible encounter, right, where the power of Jesus just transforms the life of this woman. See, the invitation is if you drink. The promise is you'll never be thirsty again. The only condition is you have to be thirsty So my question this morning, what are you thirsty for? What have, at what pool have you been drinking that leaves you dry and empty? Because there's a lot of pools out there. There's a lot of of places where we can drink, but they all leave us empty and leave us broken. And that's why Jesus died on the cross, so we can experience more. An invitation from Jesus always comes with purpose. And if we look at what happened, what transpired with this woman, with her encounter with Jesus, John 4, 28 through 30, it says, the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out to the city and came to him. If you fast forward to verse 39, John chapter 4, and it says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me everything I ever did. So Jesus, knowing everything she ever did, yet invited her for more. She had, up until that point, six lovers of her body. But she ran into Jesus, the seventh. He was the lover of her soul. And he invited her for more. Let's stand to our feet. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's inviting you for more. There are deeper depths that he wants us to go to. But if you're not a follower of Jesus today, I, 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 I beg you, 
I, I implore you today to give him an opportunity. You have nothing to lose and heaven to gain. Because the Holy Spirit of God is in this place and whatever your need may be, he is ready to fill your every need. Perhaps now the way you and I think, but he will do it because he has promised it. And I'll leave you with this before I pray. Psalm 63.1, King David says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Experience is always more powerful than remembering. Let us pray. Father, I just... Uh, Thank you for this time, Lord. Father, I thank you for the people that are here. Father, I know that there, there are some that are digesting this word. I know there are some that may be battling in their mind. Should I give this Jesus a chance? But Father, right now I just pray, Lord, and I ask you that you move in our hearts, Lord God, because there is more. You died on the cross because you have so much more in store for us than what we've been living. Father, I pray that you help us go into those depths today. In Jesus' name.